Well, as we get closer to a Big 12 football season, let's look at things from a preview and a betting perspective. Let's welcome on Colin Wilson. He is joining us of the Action Network. Find him on Twitter at underscore Colin. That's two L's, one. And then, of course, Action Network. Com. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And before we dive into the details with Colin, please take a moment out, guys. Leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to the podcast. It does help a ton. I've gotten so many ratings and reviews this uh, past couple of weeks, and we're sending everybody a Heartland College Sports koozie as a thank you. So send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and the koozie We'll be in the mail for you guys before the season gets going. Thanks so much. Colin, I wasn't sure we'd make it, man, but here we are getting ready for a Big 12 and, and college football season. How surprised are you we got to this point? I'm actually very surprised. I, I, you know, full disclosure, I'm from Arkansas, went to an SEC school, and I live in Oklahoma. So I live in Big 12 territory. Uh, I graduated from the SEC. And if you ask anybody in the state of Oklahoma or anybody from the SEC, there was never a doubt we were going to play. <laughs> Uh, but there was always a doubt in my mind. So it's just been a roller coaster of trying to emotionally think, how was I going to handle a fall without football? Like, was I actually going to spend time uh, with my family at a pumpkin patch? Was I actually <laughs> going to see, you know, foliage? What was I going to do? So, uh, there's millions of us who are in the same boat. And uh, I feel for our friends in Big, Tw- Big Ten country because they're going to be doing a lot of that uh, this fall. So, Colin, from a, a betting perspective here in the Big 12, the question is, who can take down Oklahoma, and what does that look like from a standpoint of who it might be? As we get closer to kickoff, how do you see that breaking down? You know, that's a great question for the Big 12 every year because they have a very interesting format to make their championship game, which nobody else replicates. Uh, you do the round robin, and then the top two seeds face off against each other. And now the ACC, with the inclusion of Notre Dame, are going to attempt to do the same thing, except not everybody plays every team. There's just too many teams in that conference. So the Big 12 has really, from a from a betting standpoint, Oklahoma's come out uh, some years plus 180, plus 120. And if you're new to gambling, uh, you're going to get more than what you put in for them to win the Big 12. And it was just an automatic that they were going to make the championship game. Because in a year that OU finishes third or lower in the Big 12 standings, it, it would have to just be a complete, uh, you know, a, a, a complete tank for them to ever fall below you know, third in the standing. So the bookmakers have gotten smart about the Big 12 numbers and what they have out there for betting. Because right now, Oklahoma's minus 120 to win the conference. And when you look at them, you just automatically assume they're going to finish top two. Uh, and then you look at that minus 120 and you treat it as a money line in the championship game. Oklahoma would probably be around minus 140 to minus 160 on the money line. So minus 120 is not a buy. But I certainly would take, if you can find an Oklahoma plus money to win the conference, even with all their question marks, I would still take that number. Now, as we've talked to a lot of folks as the summer's gone on, Colin, about you know who might be able to upset OU in that conference title game, assuming OU is there, which, like you said, until proven otherwise, I think we can make that assumption that they may be one of those two teams. But is it Iowa State? Is it Texas? Is it uh, Oklahoma State? If you're looking at the odds on those three teams to say, you know what, I, I like a value bet in the Big 12, where's the best place to look? Yeah, the, you named it. The top four teams, I think, are the only teams that can play in the championship game, thus having a chance to win the conference. That's Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, you know, Texas right now is plus 180 at BetMGM. These are BetMGM numbers. Oklahoma State is plus 700. 
Iowa State is 11 to 1. And what that means is, you know, if you put a bet down, you get 11, one, 11 to 1 on your money. Uh, and that's for the cycle. I think it's the only four teams that can make the championship game. Uh, looking at everything that they return. I mean, there's just different scenarios we can go through. But, I mean, Texas is really under fire. Tom herman has got to get something new done with both new coordinating positions. Uh, Matt Campbell needs to finally win. You know, it's funny because in program history, I don't think they've won. They've won nine games twice since 1903. So it's interesting with a shortened schedule. I'll have to hold off on that trend for a little while to see if he can pop that bubble. But Oklahoma State, probably the most dangerous offense in the entire nation, and they return everybody on defense. So it's going to be a fascinating year and a top-heavy uh, Big 12. Do you think, Colin, this is more of a, a broad college football question. Do you think that the fact that this is going to be a unique year in the way it plays out and maybe some people, I don't know, I mean, I imagine coaches will, but who knows, do some treat it like kind of a spring training type of year with some guys opting out and whatnot? Does that change anything from a, a betting perspective or can you not really go down that road because you don't know who's thinking what from a coaching perspective? Well, from a coaching perspective, they're not treating it as a spring game because, trust me, Tom Herman knows that his job is on the line. Yeah. He's taking it yeah. more seriously because once you clean out the coordinators, there's no one else to blame but you, and especially when you say you're going to have your, your fingers in the offensive uh, you know, game plan so much. But you know, from a coaching perspective, they're, they're full-blown. From a, from a player perspective, that's what makes this so hard to bet. It's a market that's really tough to invest in. Generally, as a professional gambler, I have money down on college football right after the national championship game. I've already scoped out who, you know, for returning production uh, from coordinators, from scheme, uh, from everything. Usually all that's known by the time March Madness tips, uh, you know, my football bets are down. And this year it's a little bit different. We don't know who's going to opt out. As you and I are recording this right now, there are players opting out all over today. And we don't know what the status is of certain conferences. I'm reading 10 players are opting out of Central Florida. So, it's a market that's not, you can't predict anything. And that's when you put your money down. You want to have viable information that's a constant and not going to change on you. And that's what makes betting this so tough this season. Is there a team, as you look at the Big 12, uh, Colin, that, that you say to yourself, hey, whether it's a, a Baylor who was in it last year, I mean, an overtime away from being a Big 12 champion at third, you know, I, I'm seeing them around 30 to one. I don't know what your latest numbers have in that. Uh, a West Virginia, a TCU, a Kansas State where, you know, you just see some crazy value, or is it just too top-heavy in this conference with Oklahoma to make that case? I've tried to make cases because this is one of those conferences where a team that's in the middle or, you know, not Kansas, anyone besides Kansas can actually legitimately have a shot mm -hmm. at getting that number two seed and playing in the championship game. And really, I've been trying to make a case for Kansas State, and then I had to stop. You know, the more I dug into this team, I love what, you know, Chris Clayman's doing with the team. I love what Skylar Thompson is as far as being an explosive quarterback. But of 18 offensive linemen on this 2020 roster, only two players have starting experience. That's Josh Rivas and Logan Long. They only mm -hmm. have three starts in their career. I mean, we're talking 16 guys on this roster that have zero experience, and it's hard for me to put money on a team that is has no depth whatsoever in offensive line. Hey, guys, it's Pete Mundo. And one thing I always do with you is – Get personal, keep it real, and keep it honest, right? Well, let's be honest about something. We've all either made that mistake below the belt or nearly made that mistake below the belt. And that's why we're happy to be partnered with Manscaped, who's got a brand new Lawnmower 3.0 that is making sure you're doing it right with below the waist grooming. And now the lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a battery that'll last 90 minutes, waterproof technology. One of the coolest features is the LED light. That way you don't make 
that critical error, and it can be critical. And an upgraded 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand as well. And right now, as a Heartland College Sports listener, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIG12. That's BIG12 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping and a way to support Heartland College Sports Weekly. That's BIG12 at manscaped.com. Your family jewels will thank you. Yeah, no doubt about it. Colin Wilson is joining us at Action Network. He's on the show. So then... Colin, you know, TCU, Gary Patterson, this is the guy that always has the defense lined up. The offense just hasn't been there lately. Really, since Kenny Hill was quarterback, they at least got to a Big 12 title game, although I would still argue the offense held that team back. Um, what is what is the take on what Gary Patterson's doing this year? We assume when he goes 500, he's got a bounce back. That didn't happen last year. He's now got two of those seasons in a row. What do we make of TCU? I mean, you back it up to the Cheetah Bowl two years ago. The offense has been so pedestrian uh it's been it's been hard to watch on tv the offense has come in and it didn't used to be that way with tcu and you know i don't know if there needs they need stability at the quarterback position you know frankly it's sad it's it's terrible what happened to max duggan uh you know with with his medical condition and having to take the season off and and having surgery and i'm glad that he's going to be healthy in the long run but at the same time if you go through their roster there's eight other quarterbacks on tcu's roster only matthew downing has experienced and that was in 10 passing attempts for Georgia two years ago as a redshirt freshman. I mean, the biggest question mark in the entire conference is who's going to be under center for TCU. That really makes it tough to predict. You know, I mean, especially defense was top 20 in success rate in all of FBS last year, and they returned 68% of that D. So you'd expect the defense to still be stout. But, well, we got some, we've got some serious question marks under center. Uh, no doubt about it. Now, uh, the Texas Longhorns, I know we talked about them a little bit earlier, and Tom Herman, the pressure there. But maybe you can answer this, uh, Colin, for for everyone out there who's ever bet on a college football game or, or a college football season. Why does Vegas love this team so much <laughs> in this program? Why does it seem like every year Texas is back and people always lose yep. money on the team? Well, it's been good for professional bettors to fade Texas until they get to a bowl against an SEC team. That's when you want to buy <laughs> Texas. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's been good for us to fade Texas the last couple of years, you know, specifically against LSU uh, uh, you know, and just other spots, um, you know, that Tom Herman, he's great as an underdog. He's not as good of a coach as a favorite. And I think that speaks to how he can get emotional and rattle up his players in the spots that he needs, but he just can't bring it week to week. And, you know, he's cleared out his coordinators. Uh, you know, he's got Mike Yurisich who he wants to have an Apple, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a major Apple white type of position with that he had at Houston where he calls all the plays and then Herman gets to kind of, uh, you know, influence what's going on. But I think the story that came out of recruitment from this offseason really tells me everything I need to know about this Texas team because they're a brand name. You're paying a tax on Notre Dame football, betting on the New York Yankees, these brand names like Texas. You're paying a tax already, and people fall in love with them. But there's something inside the program that's just stopping it from becoming elite because Texas should get every player they ever want. And the recruitment of five-star Tommy Brockermeyer was an offensive lineman whose dad played for the Longhorns. And he went to Alabama. He flipped on Texas. He was for years thought to be a shoe-in for a Texas recruit. And he flipped last minute to Alabama, and he cited specifically that the Longhorns just don't have it in player development, that players specifically just don't get better once they get there on campus. And that speaks to Tom Herman and his entire program. So expectations are always high in August for the Longhorns. Uh, and generally, I like to fade them in September, and then I'll buy them back in December. 
Colin, where do you uh, see in terms of value, not to maybe win the conference or get to a, a Big 12 championship game, but just week to week? I mean, is it a is it a Texas Tech? Is it a, a K-State that you mentioned earlier? Heck, even a West Virginia or, I mean, Iowa State seems unlikely because we talked about them maybe being a competitor in this conference. But where's that value week to week in terms of a program in this conference people should keep an eye on? Yeah, I do actually like West Virginia a little bit this year. Uh, I'm not sure how quick odds makers are going to be to adjust the fact that they finished 122nd uh, in success rate offensively last year. That's uh, putrid. And they made uh, the, they got a transfer from uh, Bowling Green, the Jared, I don't want to mess it up. Doji. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) They got a, they got a decent quarter. They're going to have decent quarterback play. Uh, They returned 71% of their offense, Uh, you know, in West Virginia there, they, you have nine conference games. They only go on the road for four of them. Uh, they can do better than last year's total. They're definitely head and shoulders above Kansas, and they compete with Texas Tech and Kansas State and Baylor uh, at the bottom there. That's a team I think Neil Brown is an excellent coach, always did while he was at Troy. Uh, I think they have the pieces to make a step. Can they get to the championship game and, and, and punch their way into the top four? Not this year, but I do like them to probably cover some games and maybe win some they're not supposed to. With this non-conference slate, we only have, of course, one week next week with week one. And and these are always games where the spreads are, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 points in some cases. Right. How do how do betters need to look at those games? Do you do you try to avoid them? I mean, no one wants to avoid them. We all want to get in on the action. But how do you treat these games compared to, say, conference games? Right. Week one, well, I should say week one, the first game of the season in the college football season is really a pretty easy handicap that I've used over the years. You want to find the highest returning production against the team with the lowest returning production, that's say offense or defense, and somebody that can literally be exposed. Like, for instance, this weekend, SMU's offense returns almost everybody uh, except for their star wide receiver from last year, and they're taking on a Texas State defense that's been completely wiped out. So you look at those kind of advantages uh in the first game of the season and you look i'm looking at some of these i mean smu already have a game play before they take on tcu with who knows who's going to play quarterback uh when the big 12 opens up play uh eastern kentucky's had some real internal struggles uh with uh with covid yeah, they take on west virginia could be a good spot for west virginia um you know texas tech i project to be a 40 point favorite against houston baptist so who knows if matt you know matt wells wants to kind of get off the schneid of last year and, and, and put a whooping on somebody so it'd be a a pretty big statement game, but I would stick to who's the team that's most experienced that didn't suffer from missing spring practice, didn't suffer from a late start in camp, and is going to be able to have the same offensive coordinator, the same scheme, not have to learn anything new and taking on a team that's just been completely wiped out. Well, it is going to be a heck of a year, and it's going to be really interesting to follow. He is Colin Wilson. Find him on Twitter at underscore Colin 2 ls one Of course, ActionNetwork.com doing great job covering everything you need to know on the sports betting front, the college football betting front especially. Colin, thanks so much for joining us here, talking a little Big 12, and uh, we'll talk with you again when the season gets going. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Great insight there from Colin. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. And don't forget about our partner, Manscaped. Go there. Use the promo code BIG12BIG12 for 20% off and free shipping on the Lawnmower 3.0 and plus a rating and a review. And we've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie coming your way. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon here on heartlandcollegesports.com.